Hey, Luke, have you been looking for a new Daily Fantasy Sports app? You know, I have really been jonesing for one. I got the perfect one for you, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. For example, your man, Mookie Betts, will he have over or under one and a half RBIs? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Got that? I got it. All right, so go check out Thrive Fantasy. If you use the promo code, Bring in the heat, or bring the heat, B-R-I-N-G-T-H-E-H-E-A-T. When you sign up, they will match your first deposit of up to $10. So you deposit $10, you have $20 to play with now. Go check it out. I know that we've already had some people reach out to us about their success. They've won some of their latest, uh, I would say, bets. So go check it out. That's Thrive Fantasy, one of the best and newest Uh, daily fantasy sports apps out there here we go gentlemen welcome back to bring in the heat podcast episode 42 we could call this one the jackie robinson edition obviously we all know jackie robinson famous 42 so anyway welcome back thanks for uh tuning in and before we get into any news i just want to um address some things so first off uh this is your host zach obviously and i will be the only one going forward um Unfortunately, Luke has better things that that he's doing, um, more important things, I guess I should say, really. Um, so he won't be with us anymore. So stinks, you know. I have I had a lot of fun doing it um, with him. He's one of my good friends. So it sucks in that way, but I promise you, I will continue to do this and continue to try to make it as entertaining and as information driven as I can. Um, I enjoy doing it, so that's why I do it. I don't do it for the recognition. I do it because I enjoy it. Um, I take time out of my personal schedule to do it. It's a hobby that I've enjoyed to do. Um, It also keeps me up to date with everything. So I'm not going anywhere just yet. Um, So new episodes will be coming. Same schedule as always, too. It's it's not going to change. Hopefully I can get more interviews round up. Um, Also, I'm hoping that I can reach out to some people and maybe have a different co-host every episode so we can get takes from from different people. So even though Luke won't be here, um, I know my buddy Zach will will come back and and do some episodes with me. But hopefully uh, I can just kind of get different hosts every episode and we can get different people's opinions. So the more you share it, the more you retweet it, the more people know about it. 
and hopefully uh, the more people will call in and, and want to co-host an episode with me. So I look forward to that, and, and you know, it stinks. It's a, kind of a setback, but I'm just going to keep moving forward with it, and hopefully, um, hopefully it keeps working out. Um, I know our views have gone up. I know that we've gotten more followers on Twitter and more people to be more interactive with us. And so I really enjoy that. It makes it that that much more exciting to do. And so and with that said, also, I also wanted to say that this will be the only episode this week. Um, Unfortunately, I have some family things to tend to um, this week. At the end of the week, I'm going to be out of state, um, so I'm not even going to be around uh, and it's just, I got, I got family stuff to attend to, so I'm not going to be able to do another episode this week, which kind of stinks because I wanted to do an episode where we just talk about the NFL draft, but with Luke leaving and just kind of me being on my own and not having anyone to really talk the draft with, um, it was going to be a little difficult anyway. And Thursday is a hectic day as I got a pack and everything else before we go so it's just it was going to be really hard for me to squeeze in another episode so we will be back after this episode we will be back a week from today um next tuesday so uh just wanted to give everyone a heads up on that as well um so diving into the content though and again as long as it's just me here episodes are probably going to be short and sweet to the point so those of you that haven't gotten your sports news um you know you're going to get it today and you're going to get it from here on out and and it's going to be you know this list is as updated as it could possibly get so um as we always do though moving on to to nfl talk to start off as we start with every podcast and not too much news but um just to start off odell beckham uh was on twitter last night uh taking shots at the giants i'm not going to go through and read every tweet but um basically he was saying how he didn't want to leave um but now he feels he's in a better situation uh he feels at peace where he's at uh, and he also went on and said um i'm a cancer in a locker room when a team's okay with losing so he admitted to possibly being an issue in the locker room, but he attributed that to the fact that he the team was losing and the Giants were okay with that losing culture. Um, that I don't necessarily believe. If, if they were okay with that, they wouldn't have made the changes they have made as far as bringing in GMs and stuff and, and changing coaches. And if they were all right with losing, they wouldn't have done all that. So I don't totally agree with that. They just haven't been able to find the right formula. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Odell, if, if he truly was over it and he truly didn't care he would just be over answering questions of that. Whenever he was asked, he would just be like, you know what, it's over with. Don't want to talk about it. Um, and that hasn't been the case. He's been quick to comment on everything and then goes on that Twitter rant last night. Um, at this point, you need to let it go. Uh, activities, football activities are starting up here soon. Just let it go. You know, you're in a new situation. Um, start looking forward to that. So uh, I like Odell. I like he's he's exciting to watch on the field, but we all know uh his his history and how he's acted um so i just think that that he needs to let it go and just embrace the new atmosphere he's in Uh, i haven't seen where the giants commented on anything uh or responding to to those remarks and and that's kind of what he needs to do he needs to just kind of move on you know it's over with it's been over a month now um you know it's time to move on and and start putting your foot 
forward in a Browns uniform. So, and I think the Giants have, have done that as well by not responding to these comments. So, um, we'll see. We'll see what, what this season has in store for, for Odell. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting because the Browns are, are going to be very, very exciting in my honest opinion. Um, so, so we'll see what happens. Also, the Seahawks, uh, this was news about two hours ago now, maybe three hours ago. Adam Schefter tweeted it out. Uh, the Seahawks traded Frank Clark, their star defensive player, to Kansas to the Kansas City Chiefs for a first-rounder, a second-round pick in 2020, and then the two teams exchanged uh, a third-round pick for this year. Um, and the Seahawks are currently working on a huge extension for Clark. Um, the Chiefs gave up a lot, but I like what they're doing. They, they lost D Ford. they got rid of Houston. Um, they, they've lost some, uh, quite a bit of defensive players. So I really like what they're doing, trying to address the defensive position and, um, upgrade. I'm not gonna say upgrade, but you know, they, they got a new scheme now. Um, we've said it on previous podcasts and so, you know they're trying to get guys to fit that scheme, and Frank Clark has been a dominant pass rusher uh, for the last few years, and I think he's going to really help Kansas City. So I really, really like that trade for for the Chiefs. Um, also, the Seahawks get gets get picks in return. Um, they're a team that I'm not going to necessarily say they're rebuilding, but they have a lot of missing pieces. Um, a lot of that defense has moved on to either other teams or retired or uh just you know it's time that they kind of build that back up i mean they also need offensive weapons they don't have a ton of those either but seahawks started out with that legion of boom defense and so i think it's time they start rebuilding that back up and it kind of sucks because you get rid of frank clark but he he now turned into more picks um, that's going to allow you to possibly address uh, more holes, all right, than just keeping him on your roster. So they gain um, two extra picks from that. And I know that the second rounder isn't for this year, but they still gain it for next year. So um, I think it's a good trade for um, the Seahawks. Uh, and it's going to be tough for Kansas City, but they pick later in the first round. So, I mean, Based on what their draft board was, maybe they felt whoever they really want can fall to them in the second round. So, you know, it's it's easy to say why would you give up a first round pick, but you don't know what their draft board looks like or who they're looking at. So, I mean, maybe their player that they really want isn't projected to go to the late second round and they feel, all right, well, we can get that guy later on. Um, let's make this trade and, and add depth. Plus, Frank Clark is going to be better than probably anyone you take in the late first round and he addresses a immediate need on that team so i like the trade for kansas city as well uh for kansas city and seattle i like it for both um i give it both uh, a win-win there um and then this is this is personally my favorite news on on nfl so robbie gould was franchise tagged uh earlier in the year with the 49ers and the 49ers had expected them uh basically to extend him and Robbie Gould has decided he does not want to play in San Francisco. He wants out. Um, he has come out and said that, or his agent rather, has come out and said that it's due to the fact that he's unhappy that 
San Francisco had reached out to Stephen Goskowski, the Patriots kicker, before he had re-signed with the Patriots, and Robbie Gould didn't like that too much. He felt they didn't have trust in him or really want him, but then after he got franchised, so Robbie Gould has said that he pulls his, he pulled his offer from the 49ers and wants to be traded. He will not sign a long-term deal and won't report until he absolutely has to. Um, and people think it has to do with with Goskowski and maybe that added fuel to the fire, but many have come out and said he wants to work closer to his family and home, which is in Chicago. And he's he's already come out and said, I would love to finish my career in Chicago. He has no ill will towards them for not bringing him back. Uh, after his contract was up based on the way he kicked in the last year of his contract and so he doesn't hold any animosity towards them and he wants to come back and I would love to have Robbie Gould back as a Bears fan I mean we have not had a good kicker since Robbie Gould we've been searching for that next guy Um, we've gone through I think like three or four kickers at this point and it'd be nice to have him back. Um, I I don't see it happening this season though I mean kicker is so hard to come by He's going to show up. He's already said, I'll show up when I have to. So he'll still play under that franchise tag. So it sucks that he probably won't be in a Chicago uniform. I can't imagine the Bears trading for him or trading much for him. Uh, the most I would give give for him is a seventh rounder because, I mean, most of the time kickers get picked up as undrafted free agents. So as much as I'd love to have him back, I wouldn't trade too much for him because he is a kicker. He's 36 years old. He's not going to be the long-term answer at kicker. And who knows? Like We've seen kickers who are great throughout their career, and then they struggle, just like he's already gone through those struggles before. So I don't know. I mean, I would love to have him back, but at a certain cost. And I don't see Chicago. I don't see him trading for him. Um, Maybe next year. But I like the news, though. Uh, Good for Robbie Gould. Um, Just some other quick news. Uh, Von Miller. He's uh, spared jail time. He will not get jail time. Um, This is all for him catching a shark when he was fishing. Um, I'm I'm assuming it was intentional. He was cited for it. It wasn't like he accidentally caught the shark. Um, You know, it is what it is. Von Miller is Von Miller. Uh, I'm not going to say he has a bad past. Um, He seems like a pretty chill guy, truthfully. But, and that's just, the fact that that's even on ESPN is top news. (laughs) That's just sad. Uh, because I mean, who cares? I mean, yeah, it's sad. I don't want people hunting sharks. You know, we see all the stuff that happens overseas with that, but dude, I'm, I'm sure that he meant no harm by doing it, you know, and he admitted to it, said, sorry. I mean, Von Miller seems like a pretty chill dude in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, that's that. Um, I'm not even going to go into it too much cause I don't deserve, I don't feel like it deserves the, that much recognition. Uh, I'm not going to write an article on it. Um, this is pretty neat, though, as well. Russell Wilson gave his offensive lineman $12,000 in Amazon stock. Um, interesting. That's an interesting move. I mean, we see quarterbacks or, or we see athletes, I say, veteran athletes on teams. I know CeCe Sabathia has done it. A-Rod's been known for doing some certain things. But, like, normally it's like you buy them all watches or you buy them, like, uh, a suit or something like that. Uh, but he gives him $12,000 in Amazon stock, which you know what? Good for him. I mean, he's investing. He basically gave them things that they can invest their money in and without investing their money. So these guys if Amazon works well, which we all know Amazon only continues to climb. It hasn't gotten worse. Um, that can turn into a hefty amount of money. 
Uh, so good on Russell Wilson and those offensive linemen. Maybe it's not a materialistic thing, but it can turn into materialistic things. So uh, good on good on Russell Wilson. You know he's doing a good thing after signing that massive deal. <laughs> so uh, uh, I love Russell Wilson. He's awesome. Um, and then the last bit of NFL news: Jonathan Stewart running back, or should I say former running back, uh, signed a one-day deal with the Panthers and has retired. So he was a lifelong Panther. He was a, a career-long Panther, basically. He spent one year in New York, and that was it. He, and it was three games. He was hurt. I think he only had like 17 carries for 51 yards. So his career in New York was short-lived. They cut him. Uh, he had injuries that year. and So he's done. Uh, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, that that backfield with him and D'Angelo Williams will go down as I think one of the best one-two tandems, at least of my era. Um, those two were absolutely disgusting. I mean, I, I think they both ran for a thousand yards in a season, which is pretty hard to do to have two running backs run for a thousand yards, especially in today's game now with how much it's a passing league. Um, so you know, best of luck to Jonathan Stewart and. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he was definitely a very good running back for a good amount of time. So I think he ended with like 51 career touchdowns, which is uh, a pretty good amount. Oh, excuse me. I always yawn when I do this podcast myself. Uh, I hope that doesn't mean I'm boring y'all as well. Um, so moving on to baseball. Um, so there are injuries all over the place in Major League Baseball. Um, some are serious, some aren't. Uh, we don't really know, but um, just to start out, Nathan Uvalde is hurt, um, and he's out for four to six weeks. So this is the same exact thing he had with Tampa last year, and he came back from it and threw great, especially for the Red Sox at the end there to help them win the World Series. Uh, he's going to be out four to six weeks uh, with loose bodies in his elbow. Um, you know, a lot of people says he say he came back strong last year because he was coming back back from Tommy John, so it really wasn't a big deal. But people say he should come back quicker this time because of the fact that he's not going through the Tommy John rehab as well. So they're only saying four to six weeks, um, which should be all right. I mean, the Red Sox are on a slide. I mean, they lost again today. Chris Sale didn't throw bad. He had ten strikeouts, gave up two earned, but. They still lose. Um, they're on. They're struggling big time. The Red Sox. So that four to six weeks could be huge for them. Um, we'll see what happens with with Uvalde. Like I said, this is the same injury he had last season, um, coming back from Tommy John when he was with the Rays. So who knows? Maybe he comes back and is a stud again, uh, or he can come come back and struggle. I mean, we don't really know because uh, it's kind of even though it's the same injury, it's a different scenario. Um, for sure. And then we also had another pitcher, Nick Birdie, uh, last night after throwing a pitch, he, uh, collapsed and was on the ground holding his arm. Looked like, like it could have been like a Joel Zumaya. If those of you that know Joel Zumaya back in his, uh, Tigers days broke his arm after throwing a pitch. And that's kind of what it looked like. It looked like he threw it and then just fell to the ground in pain, crying, visibly upset on the mound. Um, but the, the test results came back today as just a bicep strain, which is actually what Stanton's going through uh, and coming back from. So that is kind of crazy that, I mean, that shows you how much pain that is because I'm pretty sure that Birdie's probably not a wimp and it probably hurt like hell. And so, holy God, I mean, I thought for sure it was going to be way worse. 
Um, and he, but he should come be back and, and pitch this year. So talk about something that looks super serious and comes back and, and isn't as bad as what uh, I think that everyone there in that stadium kind of thought. I mean, from all the reports I read, the Pirates kind of all uh, were somber and upset in the dugout yesterday when, when that had happened. So um, especially because I think Birdie was coming back from uh, multiple arm issues as well. He was selected in the Rule 5 draft by the Pirates. So um, hopefully he can come back this year and, and pitch. Apparently he was pitching pretty well. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, just to, to bunch all the Yankees stuff together, um, Aaron Judge, so we haven't done a podcast since this happened, but Aaron Judge is uh, on the shelf now for quite some time as well. Uh, with an oblique strain, uh, they will not give us a time for return, which stinks. They just keep saying, and I quote, "significant time um, that he will be that he will miss," and that sucks. Obviously, the Yankees, my goodness, they got thirteen guys on the injured list. Um, that should go down to twelve tomorrow when Sanchez comes back, but. I mean, we even had Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier last night slid back to second awkwardly and sprained his ankle, but he says he's good to go. There's no swelling. He said that he's not going to miss any time with that, but it's just happening left and right. The Yanks are just falling apart in front of our eyes, and it's it's really, uh, really frustrating as a Yankee fan because, I mean, thank God this team is still winning. The Yankees need to stay above 500 until the majority of these guys come back and then we can go on a run and win some games and make the playoffs um right now the Sox are on a slide the Rays are struggling again so this is the Yanks time they just need to coast about four games above 500 win as much as you can especially against these teams like LA and that's the Angels not the Dodgers and they need to win with the lineup they got, which they're doing. I mean, Urshela's looking great in the field and getting some timely hits. Romine, the walk-off hero a couple days ago. I think that was on Easter. Um, they need they need Frazier to stay hot. They need that, to, that, that wave to keep going. Next man up. Whose day is it going to be to carry the team? And just until these guys come back, and then I think we'll be fine. So um, I'm looking forward to that. It sucks that everyone's out, but hopefully... Just hopefully um, they can weather the storm. And I think if they, they weather the storm, and I think if they come out when all these guys start to get healthy, the end of the year will be special for the Yankees. Um, this, is, this is their biggest test, and I've said it on Twitter. Um, Aaron Judge is due for one injury a year. He had it in kind of right after the All-Star break last year. Um He's been three three stints on the injured list, and it's been in consecutive years. So, why do I keep yawning? Uh, so, if he can come back and that's his one injury and we got it out of the way early in the year, I'm fine with that. You know, it's done with, it's over with, he comes back, let's ball out and win some games. Um, so, that's my take on the Yanks. Uh, and then also some other injury news. So sticking with injuries, that's basically what the whole MLB list is, by the way. Uh, Bo Bouchet, Bo Bichette, I was going to say Bo Shet, Bo Bichette, um, the son of Dante Bichette, the, the Blue Jays top prospect, one, aside from Vlad Guerrero, obviously broke his hand. Um, he's going to be out for quite a, quite a bit now. Um, 
Also for the A's, Matt Schumacher tore his ACL. So the man was 3-0, and was throwing amazing. He was off to a hot start. Um, and I kind of feel somewhat guilty for this because I put him under the do or die section in that segment. And I'm pretty sure people said die. Well, now his season's over. He has... Uh, torn his ACL, covering a bag, and that sucks because, you know, he was also coming back. He, I mean, he was the guy that he got hit in the head with a line drive and needed then they needed to remove a part of his skull to relieve some pressure. Like, he's been through a lot, some arm problems, and then he finally off to a good start, pitching great, and then boom, torn ACL. Um, that's that's super rough. I feel bad for him. Hopefully, next after this, he can come back next year and kind of pick up where he left off hopefully the Rays or the Rays the Blue Jays give him a a one-year deal and he can maybe come back and and throw for them so good luck to Matt Schumacher on his recovery uh and that's gonna be it that's it for injuries so we've covered them all uh some other baseball stuff Bryce Harper last night so Phillies Phillies fans I, I asked you to reply to this on Twitter no none of you did so that's fine I'll cover it anyway um, Bryce Harper was ejected. So yesterday, before I even get to it, yesterday, Bryce Harper was, uh, there was a rain delay, two hours, the game started late, uh, and Bryce Harper got ejected extremely early into that game, um, and that, for one, cannot happen. You are the highest paid player on that team, you're a leader on that team, you're an MVP candidate, uh, tight player, tight potential you need to be in that lineup as much as you can uh and then you go and you get tossed early and these games matter i mean they lost to the mets division rival the mets are not a bad team uh that that division's good every game matters okay i know there's a lot of them but every one matters and that one game you got thrown out the phillies have not been playing the best uh baseball i mean they have the potential to. They started out hot, but they've kind of been on a slide here. And, you know, Bryce Harper getting tossed early. And I agree. I, I watched the highlights. The strike zone was terrible. I completely agree. But, you know, it was bad on both sides. And the most important thing for an umpire is if they're going to be bad, they just got to be consistently bad for both teams. And it was, and so Jake Arrieta came out, and he basically sounded off on his team, saying that, you know, Harper needs to stay in the game. You know, he's a big component of our team. You cannot get chucked out of a game this early on. Um, Says the team came out flat-footed, did not play well. Um, Basically, they lacked energy. And so, you know, I, I kind of like Arrieta doing that. You know, he's a veteran presence, uh, he's got, he's been to the World Series. He's kind of a guy that struggled in the beginning of his career and had to figure it out. He knows what hard work is. Jake Arrieta is is a big dude. He works hard. He's worked hard to turn his career completely around. So I kind of like that move. Um, some players don't take to that well, and so be it. You know, Bryce Harper to me sometimes seems like a baby, and I would really like him to not be that way. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. You know, you got a Arietta as a leader, obviously on that team, and he's going to speak out on how he feels and hopefully they respond to that. Uh, not in a negative way, but they kind of come out and they play like they should play. I mean, that lineup is so good. It's so good. Um, I know that they're also suffering from a lot of injuries as well, but you know, 
like he said, I, I like that he's going to hold them accountable. Here we go. Yawning again. This is ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's up with the Phillies. They're struggling. Phillies fans are, are freaking out. But I think the Phillies will be fine. The only thing that sucks is they're in a tough division, man. Everyone in that division is pretty damn good. So uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Phillies. It's going to be tough for all of them, really. Uh, I think the Braves are are very good, but they're also very young, both defensively and offensively and on the mound. Very young team. So uh, I, I think that division is going to be exciting for a long time coming. Um, and then uh, the freaking Orioles. So the Orioles started off kind of good. You know, they were kind of one of the more, the more surprising teams. Well, that's ended uh, in the last, I think it's three games, but it could be four. So two of the last, we'll say four games, just to be safe. A position player has pitched. Chris Davis pitched first um, a few days ago. And then last night it was Jesus Sucre, 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 um, the catcher. He came in and pitched. Uh, They were getting smoked by the White Sox. And so it starts. The Orioles will be the worst team in baseball this year. Um, I didn't think it would be them. I thought it would be the Royals, but Royals actually have some pretty good players uh, after watching this past series with the Yanks. Um, So I'm going to go. I think the Orioles will definitely be uh, the worst team in baseball, which is unfortunate based on where they were just five years ago, really. Um, So crazy, crazy, crazy. But You know, like most teams, I'm sure they'll turn it around. It's just going to take some time. But as far as uh, position players pitching, I can't wait to see more of it. (laughs) So we'll see what happens with that. Um, And then only two more things for baseball. Um, Vlad Jr. will make his debut today. So today will be his Major League debut. Thank God. Best of luck to Vlad Jr. I hope he goes yard like four times. Um, I know he's in division. I know he's going to be playing the Yanks, which is awesome because I'll be able to see him play a lot. But this dude is just awesome. If you're a baseball fan, you would be excited about seeing Vlad Jr. play. I mean, just seeing his highlight tape and what he's done, it's freaking awesome. And as a baseball fan, I cannot wait to see his career unfold. I mean, the man just turned 20. The kid just turned 20. I mean, it's going to be absolutely awesome to watch his career and watch him develop. And he's already, I mean, 20 years old, one of the best pure hitters, uh, hitting prospects, really, that that has come along. I mean, he's basically like, like he and Tatis are the two, like, surefire things that basically are not going to fizzle out. And we've kind of already seen it with Tatis Jr., and I'm thinking the same thing for Vlad Jr. as well. So... Best of luck to him in his career, and I hope tonight goes well for him in his debut. Um, And then the last thing before we get to the do-or-die reviews, Cole Tucker, Pirates prospect who was called up, who hit the game-winning home run on his debut. Freaking awesome. My new favorite player in baseball. He's got the swag hair, swag in the field, fast. Um, The dude's awesome. He is awesome to watch. I think he's going to be very, very good. Just watching how he played the game and, and his debut so far and how he's played and handled himself, he's like one of those guys that doesn't take himself too serious. He takes the game serious, but you can tell he's having fun playing it. And those are the dudes that are so marketable in baseball and going to be so fun to watch in the future. Shout out Sharenko. Um, I think that Cole Tucker is going to be awesome. I really, really, really like him. 
Uh, he bring just brings so much energy to the game itself, and just these few games, he's been so such buzz. Like you see him on Twitter with the hair flip after diving in the second and everything. Like it's awesome. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing his career unfold as well. I mean, he is. He looks like he's going to be a really really good player. And again, he's only 22, uh, so another good young name in the game of baseball. So awesome to see that with Cole Tucker. But moving on to our do or die segment so i put this out earlier this is our second installment um of do or dies so this should be interesting to see how we do we got 10 new names 10 new players on this list so let me i'm just pulling it up on twitter quick just so everyone knows so here we go first one Jorge Polanco. Um, he's hitting 392. He's got six doubles, three triples, four home runs, a 458 OBP. Uh, he's been on he's been an on-base machine. He's uh, also been getting a ton of extra base hits. 13 of his 29 hits have been for extra bases. Um, Twitter voted uh, 75% for due. And I have to agree, Jorge Polanco has finally, I think, arrived. He's looked very, very good to start out the year. The Twins have looked very, very good to start the year. Um, minus, they've really lacked uh, some offense. So, you know, for him to be doing it, doing it in that lineup is awesome to see. Uh, I really like Jorge Polanco, and I think he continues to do what he's doing. Number two, Carlos Santana. Um... I kind of put this out there. Is Carlos Santana Santana like Matt Kemp? Is he only good when he's with the Indians? Um, he's hitting 379. He's got 25 hits, five doubles, one home run, 16 walks to 12 strikeouts. So Twitter voted 50-50. 50 do, 50 die. Um, this is a tough one because Santana, his average is definitely going to go down. Um, I'm pretty impressed by the walks to strikeouts. I think the power numbers will go up a little bit more, but I'm going to say do. I'm going to say do. I think he does well. I think that you know their lineup is okay uh, with Lindor coming back, alleviate some pressure from Santana. I just think that's a place he's comfortable and likes to play, and he's had a good, good career there. Um, so I'm going to say do for uh, Carlos Santana. Number three, Christian Walker. So 67% said do, 61% said die. He's hitting 347, six doubles, seven home runs, and three stolen bases. Again, almost half of his hits are also extra base hits. Um, You know, this is a tough one. Christian Walker was a very good college baseball player in uh, for South Carolina, the Gamecocks. Uh, he was part of that World Series team with Jackie Bradley. Um... I've always liked Christian Walker, and he he struggled. He was with the Orioles organization for a while and struggled big time. Um, I think a lot of people thought that he was going to be done. He suffered a lot of injuries as well, but he looks good. Um, his average is up there. I expect that to go down. I see him hitting more 250, not necessarily 347, but I could see him 250 for, for 25 homers. Um the D-backs are kind of fun to watch. They have a pretty good lineup. Peralta's back and looking like his normal self. Um, I'm going to say do. So I'm going to I'm gonna agree with 
the Twitter world here and say do for uh, Christian Walker. Um, I really I really like him a lot. Um, four, my man, Clint Frazier. So Frazier right now has basically been, I mean, I'm not going to say the lone bright spot. They've had quite a bit of bright spots for all the injuries that they've had, but he's been that guy that he's kind of been carrying this team as far as power is concerned, him and Luke Voigt. Um, and a guy that struggled in spring training, he missed all of last year with the concussions, he struggled in spring training, didn't make the team, and he's always said, you know, I'm good, I'm going to make the team, I'm going to be the starting outfielder, I'm going to be on this team. And it didn't look like it was going to work out. Um, and also his name was circled around trades and, and all these things. And I'm glad Cashman held on to him. So right now, Frazier is hitting 324, three doubles, six home runs, 17 RBIs, only three walks though. Um, I'd really like to see Clint Frazier be a little bit more selective. Uh, lots of swing and misses, and that's because he swings as hard as he can every time, which I'm cool with. But a little bit more selective. I, I wish his... his uh, I would say plate vision was a little bit better. I mean, if he gets a ball he likes, he's sending it. But um, there's, you know, he swings and misses a lot at sliders away or in the dirt. Um, and it's not, I feel like he doesn't miss them by much. It's just, just swinging over them or under them just by a hair. Um, I really like Clint Frazier. Um, 90% of you said do and 10% said die. I'm going to, again, agree with Twitter. I think do. I think that, especially as they start getting players back, I think it's going to alleviate pressure from him and Voight from having to do so much. And I think Frazier is going to uh, start to to hit the ball better because once all these pieces come back, you got to, you know, you can't pitch around everybody. So, you know, they're going to be careful with Judge. You're going to be careful with Stanton. They're going to be careful with Sanchez. But you can't pitch around or pitch scared to every single person in the lineup. So I think it'll it'll help him and Void as well. And so uh, I'm going to say do with Frazier. I really like what I've seen so far. Do I expect 300? No. Um, I expect like a 260, 270. But I do think he could hit 25 to 30 home runs this year uh, as long as he continues to do what he's doing and, and picking out pitches to hit. Um, number five, so the halfway point here. Hunter Dozier, another guy I really, really like. Um, the single batting glove swag. You don't see that too much anymore. Um, he's also hitting 324, but he's got a 430 OBP, four doubles, seven home runs, 13 walks to seven, only 17 strikeouts. Um, Hunter Dozier, like I said, another guy I really like. Uh, he's a massive dude. I mean, he's huge. And uh, he can hit. The man can flat out rake. Uh Really like Hunter Dozier. He's looked really good for the Royals. Him and Solaire have actually, and Alex Gordon have actually hit, been hitting the ball pretty well. Um, so I'm gonna say do. So Twitter, I agree, again agree with you. Seventy five percent said do. Twenty five percent said die. Uh, I think Hunter Dozier again. I don't see it at three twenty four. I see his average going down a bit, but I see him more as like a two eighty guy. And again, thirty homers. Um, I think he's going to be very good. I think he's going to end up being very, very good for Kansas City. So uh, I really like Hunter Dozier. Um, The next one, Brett Anderson. So he's got a 3-1 record. He's got a 3-0-4 ERA. He's given up 24 hits in 26 innings, 16 strikeouts to 10 walks. This is funny. 100% of you on Twitter said die. So no one said do. And you read my mind. You know, uh, Brett Anderson, uh, you know, he was actually pretty good for Oakland last year. He, he'd pitched pretty well, but, um, 
you know, I don't see Oakland being as good as they were last year. Uh, they've lost some guys. I think their pitching staff is pretty young. But, you know, Matt Olson's been hurt. I really like Matt Chapman. I mean, Marcus Simeon's been a surprise. He has not been on this in this segment yet, but Marcus Simeon has actually been a surprise. Uh, swinging it and fielding. He hasn't even been that terrible fielding yet. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm going to say die for Dallas, uh, or not Dallas Braden, uh, Brett Anderson. Um, number seven, John Gant, um, reliever for the Cardinals. He's got 15 innings pitched, 0.60 ERA, three wins, 12 strikeouts, seven walks, and only a 0.70 opponent batting average against. Oh, man. So this was 50-50 uh, between the voting on, on Twitter. I'm going to say die. I mean, Gant, you know, he's actually been a prospect, and a lot of people have talked about him for a little bit. Uh, he's got some good stuff, but his numbers are too good to continue to do what he's doing. For First off, I mean, that won't ha- keep happening. Um, I mean, the Cardinals are good. The Cardinals are a great organization. I've said it over and over again on this podcast. They're one of the better run organizations in baseball, without a doubt. It's not even a question. Um, he, it's his numbers are just too good to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, right now, I mean, those are just ridiculous, ridiculous numbers. Um, I, I'll say die as far as numbers, but I think do. I think he'll continue to do it as far as I think he'll have a really good year for St. Louis. They got a pretty decent team. Um, he's going to be used often. I'm going to say do. I'm going to say do for for the rest of the year. I think he'll do well. I'm going to say die as far as his numbers will get worse. There's no way they're going to get any better than that. So uh, next, another 50-50 uh, vote from Twitter is Shane Green, closer for the Tigers. He's pitched in 12 games, but he's tw- uh, 10 for 10 in save chances. So he's converted them all. He's got a 1.50 ERA, 12 strikeouts to three walks, and a .100 opponent batting batting average against. Um, I'm gonna say die for Shane Green. I've not, I've never been a big Shane Green fan. He's got some good stuff. Pooped on the Yankees earlier in the year, but not gonna say that he's gonna continue to do what he's doing. I think he'll struggle a bit. I think the Tigers will go on a slide. They're not very good. Um, their starting pitching has pitched better than what most would have expected. Just don't see them doing what they what I don't see them being good. And so I, I don't think he's gonna have many save opportunities, but I don't know. I'm I see die for Shane Green. Uh at nine, we got Kirby Yates, uh closer for the Padres. He's got ten saves and ten chances, so same as Green. He's got nineteen strikeouts. And three walks with a 186 opponent batting average against. 86% said do. 14% said die. Um, I will go with Twitter on this one as well. I think Kirby Yates will continue to do what he's doing. He's embraced that role. The Padres threw him in there. Um, a lot of people were calling for the Padres to, to land uh, Kimbrel. And with the way that Yates is pitched, I don't think they need to do that. Why go waste the money? you got an affordable closer in Kirby Yates who's done well. He's pitched well. He's looked good. He feels comfortable there. Why spend the money if he can keep doing what he's doing? I think he's embraced that role, and I think uh, Kirby Yates continues to be a very good closer for the Padres. And then the last one, number 10, 
is Freddie Galvis, shortstop for the Blue Jays. He's got a 315 average, four doubles, five home runs, 12 RBIs, and two stolen bases. I will say this. Freddie Galvis has done way more than what I think the Blue Jays could have expected him to do this early on. I do not think they expected him to do what he has done. I don't think they expected him to come out and and be this productive offensively. Um, on Twitter, 80, 80% of you said he will die out, and 20% of you said he will continue to do what he's doing. I think he's going to die out uh, offensively. I mean, Galvis has always been a pretty solid infielder, but I don't see him continuing to hit over 300 and putting the ball out of the yard. I just don't. I mean, I like Galvis. I think he's a good player. I think he'll continue to be a good player for that team, but I don't think he's going to be an all-star, and I don't think he's going to continue to do what he's doing as far as um, his his season has started this year, especially because the Blue Jays are just bad. I mean, the Blue Jays are not a good team. They have a lot of holes, uh, and it's going to be tough for him to you know, continue that production when he's going to start pressing at the plate to try to get um, – to basically try, try to produce and help his team win games. I think that uh, he's going to struggle. Um, so that's going to be it for do or die, and that's going to be it for baseball. So we're moving on to our last topic, and that's UFC. Um, not too much news with UFC. So because we're not having a episode on Thursday, I will review – the UFC card this weekend and the fight night card and give my predictions. Um, before I do that though, there's just one bit of news and that's Darren Till. Darren Till was arrested. Uh, he trashed a hotel with some buddies and then he stole a taxi. Um, I think it's official to say that Darren Till has gone on a bender. He's, uh, he's still suffering from that loss to Masvidal and uh, I think he's coping with it in the wrong way. So, Darren Till, come on, man. You're one of my favorites. Get out of this funk. Get back in the gym. Start training and, and work your way back. You're only 26 years old. you got plenty of time to fix on fix what you got to fix and get back in there and, and become a title contender again. So stop with the nonsense and go do what you got to do. Um, other than that, I'm not going to elaborate anymore. Um, so let's review the card this weekend. By the way, this is an absolute stacked card. Um, I just want to point out first, Jim Miller is fighting. I'm not going to give two. I'm not going to give predictions on these on on the early prelims and the prelims, but I will say Jim Miller is an absolute animal. The dude fights. I feel like almost every month. Uh, that's just absolutely absurd. Um, and then Angela Hill, who just fought a f- not even a month ago, is also back already. She's a tank just for doing that. And then Diego Lima is also on the, the early prelims. This is a very good card. I mean, you got Jim Miller, Angela Hill, and Diego Lima on the the freaking early prelims. The ones that they're they're on ESPN two this time, but the, these are the ones that are normally on uh, freaking Fight Pass. Um, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, by the way, also I didn't even see this. Walt Harris got a four month sanction for testing positive for a prohibited substance. Uh, so Walt Harris is out and that was from UFC 232. Um, so also freaking Ben Saunders is on this card as well. He's on the prelims. He's the main event on the prelims, but the main card is pretty good. So I'm going to give the prediction for the last one, two, three, four, five fights. Um, and this is the card that I had bashed, uh, 
the UFC for putting Greg Hardy as the co-main event again uh, for this. Absolutely ridiculous. He's the co-main event of this fight, which is absurd, or for this card. So John Lineker versus uh, Sanhagen. Uh, Sanhagen has looked awesome in his fights. He's the underdog in this, but I'm going to go Sanhagen. He's looked awesome. Uh, Lineker's got, this is going to be his 40th professional fight. That's absurd. John Lineker is awesome. I love watching Lineker fight, but um, I'm going to go Sanhagen on this. He's he's the slight underdog. He's, he's only a plus 105, so that's really a toss-up. Next fight, Glover Teixeira versus Ian Kutelaba. Um, Kutelaba is a tank, dude. I know Teixeira has been doing all right over the last couple fights, but I'm going Kutelaba on this. He's an absolute specimen of a person. Uh, knockout power. Guys get older like Teixeira. Their chin starts to become weak. Um, I'm going Kutelaba knockout in that one. I'm going to go first round knockout too. Then we got Charles Oliveira versus Mike Perry. Mike Perry is the underdog in this. So Mike Perry has been on a slide. Um, He also just got married. So I'm going to say Oliveira is going to win this. Um, Crazy to think, but I think that Perry's going to lose via submission. So we saw that he lost to Cerrone by submission. Uh, He has no answer for the ground game. At least he hasn't in his career um, so far. I mean, I don't know if he's worked on anything. But like I said, he just got married. Maybe his training wasn't as serious as what it could be. You know, Mike Perry was exciting, but his style, I feel like, could kind of catch up with him because he's so aggressive um, and he gets so emotional in the cage and just wants to throw hands and puts himself into danger. It's kind of almost like Garbrandt. I think Perry's got a great future in MMA, um, but he has some kinks to work out. Oliveira is also the favorite in that. I'm going to go submission win for Oliveira. Uh, maybe second round, as long as he can withstand or weather the storm from Perry. Um, Greg Hardy is the co-main event, and he's the heavy favorite at minus 330. I've never even heard of this guy, Smolikov. But just because I hate Greg Hardy and everything he did in that fight, I'm taking Smolikov, and I hope he wins by knockout. Knockout or submission. Either way, I hope he wins. I hope Greg Hardy loses. Um, and screw him, and I hope this backfires on Dana White once again because this guy's got a better record than what Crowder had against Hardy. He's 9-2, and and so we'll see what happens. And then we got the main event, which is going to be freaking awesome. Uh, Jacare Souza, who's one of my favorites, versus Hermanson, who has also been an absolute tank. Souza is the favorite. But I'm going to Hermanson via submission. I think this card's going to have a lot of submission wins on it. Um, so I'm going Hermanson submission. I'm going to go third round, though. I think this fight goes a while. Souza's got a chin, and he's just he's a tough opponent. I mean, the guy fought for the belt, so he's he's awesome. So um, other than that, guys, that's it. So again, like I said, uh, watch UFC this weekend. That'll be fun. But um, like I said... This is only going to be that. This will be the only episode this week due to me having to go away. Uh, I'll be back on Tuesday. Um, maybe I can get uh, Zach on this on the next episode so that you know you don't have to just listen to my boring voice all the time. But like I said, I'll continue to do this. I'll continue to put out episodes, put out the best content I possibly can because I I really enjoy doing this. Keeps me on my toes, gives me something to do. Um, so make sure to listen. 
Make sure to subscribe, write us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, um, share it to your friends, family. If you need, if your friends ask for a podcast suggestion, suggestion suggest us, um, or should suggest me, I should say. Uh, like I said, guys, I really enjoy doing this. So um, I will see you again uh, next next week. Have a good rest of the week. Have a great weekend. Be safe, everybody, and peace out. We bop and flippity hop And as happy as I can be Boom, boom, man, flippity zoom Love is sweet, love is bland, works one, 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 one We bop and flippity hop I'll never be a millionaire